Grace and mercy and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word for our meditation is the epistle lesson appointed for this transfiguration of our Lord from 2 Peter chapter 1. Peter writes, For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on that sacred mountain. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things, for prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. What are you focused on right now? What is it that is holding your attention? What is on your mind the first thing you get up in the morning? That's going through your mind all throughout the day. That's going through your mind as you lay down your head on your pillow at night to fall asleep. What is it that you're focused on in this life? Is it entertainment? Escape from, from the things of this life, right? Vacation, all sorts of pleasure. Right? You're just trying to escape reality for a while. Is that the focus right now? Maybe your focus is, is career. You know, for you, it's not even really about the money. But for you, it's about, about the job and doing your job well. And, and what matters is, is what your fellow employees and what your boss says. And if they don't look highly upon you, then you failed. Or maybe for you, it is the money. Right? It's about working and earning and saving and getting what everyone else around you has or, or saving up so that you can retire early and just enjoy life. What is your focus right now? What's most important to you? What's on your mind? What, what holds your attention? Maybe... It's what other people think about you. Maybe it's your appearance, your reputation, how many likes you get on social media. That, that's where your focus is, what people think of you, your reputation. Maybe it's worry. Worry about how you're going to pay next month's rent. Maybe it's concern about a health diagnosis you got or, or someone that you love. Maybe it's fear of, of the future and the unknown. What is your focus right now? What, what is holding your attention? And friends, you, you know that if it's any of these things, you know that you got a problem. 
Because you know that all of these things will always leave you lacking, never be fulfilling, will always leave your heart looking for more and better, things that are more hopeful, that are more satisfying, that are more joyful. Friends, you know that this is not where your focus is supposed to be on any of these things. You know that. And you know how I know you know that? Because you're here. You're here in this place. And you know that there are so many temptations of the world and of Satan to draw your eyes away from what is really most important, from where your focus really needs to be primarily and first and foremost. And that's why you're here, aren't you? to reset your focus on all these other things in this world that you know will always leave you feeling empty, that will never fulfill, that will never satisfy. And to focus back in the right place, to a place and to a person who can truly satisfy who can bring true peace and joy and contentment, no matter what the circumstances of your life. And so this morning we listen to an old man. We listen to an old man in words that he was led by the Spirit to pen nearly 2,000 years ago, words that still speak to us today, words of an old man named Peter. Peter who knew what it was like to easily lose focus on what was most important. Because this is the same Peter who writes these words in front of us this morning. The same Peter who so boldly got out of a boat and walked on water at Jesus' invitation, but yet quickly became afraid as he saw the wind and the waves and began to sink. You see, he lost focus so easily. His eyes were taken off of Jesus. This is the same Peter who when Jesus said that I must go to Jerusalem and there I will be arrested and I will be put to death. Or Peter said, no, I will not let that happen to you. I will die before I will let that happen to you. And, and Jesus had to say, get behind me, Satan. Don't dissuade me from what I came to do. See how easily Peter had lost focus. This is the same Peter who took his sword and cut off the ear of a man in the Garden of Gethsemane when they were arresting Jesus. And Jesus had to turn to Peter and say, Peter, what are you doing? If I didn't want this to happen, I could call in an army of angels to rescue me if I wanted to. Peter had lost focus. This is the same Peter who Jesus told him flat out, tonight you will disown me three times. You will deny that you even know me. And Peter said, I would never do that, Lord. Never. Well, what do we see him doing just a few hours later? I don't know the man you're talking about because he was afraid. He had so lost focus of Jesus. And his fear had overtaken him. This is the same Peter who, along with the other disciples, was at the ascension of Jesus, and they're asking him, Lord, are you at this time going to build your kingdom here on earth? Still, after all this time, not getting what he came to do, so out of focus. 
My friends, this same Peter, a disciple of Jesus, one of the closest earthly friends of Jesus, and yet how easily he lost focus too. And so it's not surprising that we do either. You know, Jesus always had a, a way of, of, of refocusing Jesus, of, of bringing him back. And we have before us this morning this just extraordinary, this extraordinary situation where Peter gets to see who Jesus really is. He gets to see Jesus shining in all of his glory on that Mount of Transfiguration we heard in our gospel lesson. And that's what Peter is writing about here, decades later, in this letter about what he got to experience there, how it helped him refocus, and, and decades later, that this was still his hope and his joy and his peace, that this was helped him refocus. And what can it help us refocus to? Listen again to what Peter says. He says, We did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on that sacred mountain. Peter writes that there are many clever and well-invented stories that we didn't follow. And friends, those clever and well-invented stories are out there for you too. Right? What are the clever, well-invented stories of this world that, that they're constantly screaming at you? Live for yourself. You're what matters. Your happiness. Your success. Right? What you do. Live for you. Right? Those are cleverly, well-invented stories that the world tells us. And Peter says, they're empty. Peter says, I tried to find myself in those things too, but it never, ever worked. He said instead, you want to find hope? You want to find peace? You want to find joy? You want to find contentment? You want to find satisfaction? Well, then let me tell you, not about an invented story, but something I got to see with my own eyes. I got to see Jesus shining in all of his glory. I was an eyewitness of his majesty, he says. He says, I heard the voice of the Father from heaven. This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. You want to know where to find peace and hope and contentment and joy? Let me tell you where to find it. It's in a man. But no ordinary man. This man who shone in all of his glory on that mountain is very God of very God. The almighty God. The eternal God. God himself in flesh the fulfillment of every promise of God. This, my friends, is where you find it. This, my friends, make your focus. This is the only place you will find exactly what your heart longs for and what you desperately need. Focus on that one. And now Peter says, you don't get to see him like I did. Right? We, we don't get to come here and, and see brilliant, shining glory but he still does shine. He shines right here. 
through this word. That's what Peter goes on to write. He says that we also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things, for prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Peter says, you don't have to go up on a mountain and pray to see the glory of God shining. You get to come and see the glory of God shining through the words of these scriptures. These words that reveal to you who this Jesus is. God. God Almighty. God Eternal. Very God of very God. The God who was willing to come to this world to come into this world and to do what needed to be done for us and for our salvation. Here we get to see him. Here he is revealed to us. And that's why we say, Lord, it's good for us to be here in these words, in these scriptures, because here we get to see Jesus. Here our focus is realigned with what's really important and what really matters what is eternal. This light that shines into the dark places. This light of Christ that shines through these scriptures to bring us into his light of peace and joy and forgiveness and salvation. Friends here, Peter tells us, listen to the old man. Listen to the man who saw Jesus, who lived with Jesus who saw him in all of his glory and say, these scriptures are completely reliable because they reveal him to you, for you and for your salvation. This incident of the, of the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus shone in all of his glory happened just a few months before, before we would go to Jerusalem for the final time. And so Peter is given this glimpse of his glory along with James and John because there were darker days coming. Because this was not the fulfillment of everything Jesus came to do. Because he'd walked down this mount of transfiguration up another mount. And as he walked up that mount, he would carry a cross. And he'd wear a crown of thorns on his head. And on that cross, it, there wasn't what looked like much glory. There didn't look like victory. It didn't look like God. It looked like a man suffering and dying a brutal, gory death. But, but the fact is, in all of that, we see what Jesus really came to do. We see what Jesus was himself fervently focused on. Not on himself, not on his glory, not on making a name for himself, but, but fervently focused on you. On you. Because there, God himself was willing to take the punishment of your sin upon himself. There, he was willing 
to be forsaken by his heavenly father. There he was willing to suffer your punishment of hell. There you see this Savior Jesus so fervently focused on you and your forgiveness and on your salvation. There we see who Jesus really is. God, yet willing to suffer for us and for our sins and for our salvation. It's there on that cross, on that mount, that we do see glory shining forth as he wins the victory over sin and death and the devil for us. So fervently focused on what he came to do and to win that and to accomplish that for us. Friends, we're entering into the season of Lent here. This, this Wednesday marks the beginning, Ash Wednesday. And it's this season where we get to follow Jesus all the way to that cross. So we get to see his focus on us and for us. And friends, that has to realign our focus too, doesn't it? Away from all the empty things of this life. Away from all those things that, that cannot satisfy, that cannot bring us true contentment or peace. But to focus us back on him who alone is our joy and is our peace who alone gives meaning and satisfaction to everything that we do in our lives. We all focus on something, don't we? We're all focused on something in this life. And, and the fact is, there's only one thing. There's only one thing that we can focus on that will fill you with peace and not with worry. There's only one thing that we can focus on that will fill you with hope and not despair. There's really only one thing that you can focus on that will give you certainty instead of uncertainty. The fact is that no matter what happens to you in this life, no matter what burdens you bear, no matter what struggle you might be going through, no matter where your focus has been up to this point, there's a promise for you. And you know what that promise is? There's a morning star that rises. The morning star that, that Peter is led by the Spirit to write about. The morning star is that first light that comes up at dawn that you see on the horizon, that first star in this darkness that is infinitely greater. There shines that morning star. It seems so in insignificant. But what that morning star means is that there is something brighter and more glorious still to come. And friends, that morning star, of course, is Jesus. Oh, no, yeah, he seems ins insignificant, doesn't he? A baby laying in a manger in Bethlehem. A man brutally beaten and dying outside of Jerusalem. But that is your morning star. Your promise of something brighter and more glorious that is still to come. He is that promise. That light shines into the darkness. He is that promise that all your sins are forgiven. He is that promise that there is nothing that can separate you from him because, because while he looked insignificant, on that Easter Sunday morning, that morning star shone forth out of that dark tomb. 
to give you the promise that you are his and he is yours right now and forever. Peter writes here, he says that you will do well to pay attention to this, to pay attention to him. As the father's voice boomed from heaven, this is my son whom I love, listen to him. With him I am well pleased because it's through this very one that the heavenly father is able to love us. It's through this very one that the heavenly father can say that I am well pleased with you too. Keep fervently focused on your morning star. Keep fervently focused on that light that shines into the darkness. Keep fervently focused on that one who is constantly there to refocus you back on what's really important, on where to find true hope and satisfaction and peace and contentment. Keep fervently focused on that morning star, Jesus, no matter what darkness your life might hold, because he is fervently focused and holding on to you. Amen.